We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Back steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host, my partner in crime, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. And yeah, I don't even know how to move forward from here, dude. Mike, just take it over. Just I'm going to go home and cry. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like The Rams lose today 31-14 get demolished in the second half. It's their eighth consecutive regular season loss to the 49ers. And we need to have a picture now that shows, you know, Sean McVay, his daddy right now is uh, Mr. Shanahan. For sure. No way around it. So, I mean, well, (laughs) let's just do the ads. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yet. <laughs> Folks, check out our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, so the ads are out of the way. And, and check them out. Check out our, our sponsors here. But um, let's get into it. I guess the best I can do here is, is go through the numbers. The numbers are ugly. But... Believe it or not, there was a point in this game where the Rams were telling a different story. So here we go. First down is Niners 22, Rams 16. Third down efficiency, 5 out of 9 for the Niners, 8 out of 13 for the Rams. That's nice. Here we go. Total yards, 368 for the Niners, 223 for the Rams. Rams averaged 4 yards per play. Then The Niners averaged 7.1. Niners had 111 yards rushing. The Rams had 56. Jeebus. 167 yards net passing for the Rams, 257 for the Niners. Rams were sacked twice, not a bad number. Um, three times for the Niners were sacked. Five punts for the Rams, three for the Niners. Four penalties for 50 yards. Those penalties cost them. We're going to talk about that. And time possession, the Rams had 30 minutes, four seconds. The Niners had 29.56. But if you watch that third quarter, you'd be thinking something different. Ugly game. Ugly game for the Rams. Individual stats, there's a couple places we can really point out and look, and that's the running back situation here. Ronnie Rivers, eight carries, 21 yards. Darrell Henderson Jr., four carries, 16 yards. Malcolm Brown, five carries, 10 yards. Cooper Cup, two carries, 10 yards. Holy crap. Yeah. I mean, they're not getting it done. Not getting it done. So I'm going to go to you and, and I guess Mike ask you right away what's your what are your overall thoughts and then we'll break it down quarter by quarter, half by half. Man, overall thoughts is just another opportunity for the Rams to re-solidify that they are a team that you are going to have to deal with. They were unable to do that in this game against their nemesis, my nemesis, the San Francisco 49ers, for whatever reason. They play their best ball when they look like they were down and out earlier in the year. And then when we get them on the field, they play their best ball. So, you know, you hate to say hats off to the the victor, but in this case, you know, there's a couple dudes on that team like Fred Warner. I, I love that, how that dude plays. That dude gets after it. But overall, man, I just think we have too many breakdowns, too many inconsistencies, and just drop passes and just stuff like that. I just and and there's no there's no real reason 
why we don't try to stick with the run a little bit more. We're just so predictable now. I, I could go out there after being out of the game and probably play well. <laughs> well, there's a couple of things I want to bring up with that too, because the Rams came in and it was a tale of two halves, really, because the Rams out the Rams outplay them the first half. They they had a solid first half. They looked good. They mixed up their play calling. They were running here. They were doing, going back to Jeff Sweet. They were hey, they were doing screens. We can talk about that. We could throw some screens in. They were doing all those things, and they really did keep the Niners off balance a lot of that first half. They they won the first half. They come out in the second half, and they do none of that. You know, I don't think we do. We tell me if I'm wrong because it's it's possible I missed this. Did they did they throw another? Another jet sweep in there at all? Did they throw another another screen at all after that in the second half? No, I, I don't believe I, I, you know, and I'm not going to say I was glued to the TV every second of the second half because it just gets ridiculous. You just got to go take a break. So, uh, but not from what I saw second so, half. No, it was just, go ahead. I mean, hold on. The <laughs> Niners put a whole lot of hot garbage on film just last week against the against the Chiefs. A whole mm-hmm. lot. The Rams go out there and attack those very same things in the first half and get two touchdowns out of the deal, right? Right. And then they abandon it completely in the second half. Right. And what they did, they went back to the same vanilla offense. Meanwhile, your defense gets just bulldog, just annihilated on one drive in the third quarter. And after that, they lost focus. Yeah. There, are, there, there are deeper problems here than just, hey, you know, the running game here, you know, the whole Kyle Shanahan is is Sean McVay's daddy. I mean, there's there's something deeper here. And I'm I, the one thought I went back to was, hey, you know what? You're having a hard time running the football. You had a hard time with Cam Akers running the football too, by the way. But, dude, you're going to Ronnie Rivers, to be your starting back, and you and, and you have Cam Akers in the trading block. What is wrong with this picture here? Well, I don't know if anything's wrong. Ronnie Rivers can tote the pill now. He's a Fresno State grad. He's a son of one of my younger guns, Ronnie Rivers, a senior. Had a number of years in the league as well with Detroit and a couple other teams. Uh Young Ron can run, but what I see at the running back position, you cannot do this running back by committee with four, three or four different running backs. It just doesn't work. You don't see them at uh, what's the kid in Carolina? What's the running back? Uh, uh, Derrick Henry. That's Carolina, right? Tennessee, Tennessee. Tennessee, I mean. You, you don't man, see them. Hold on a minute. You're having an old man. Mo. How do you not know where Derrick Henry's playing? Hey, man, I see one. Did, did you have – were you scarred for life at work this week? Is that what happened? I Derrick, think so. How do you not know where Derrick Henry's at? Uh, you know what? Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. You're old. And that's it. That's it. You know, <laughs> we call those senior moments. But my thing is, you don't see them subbing Derrick Henry in and out. Hey, Derrick, come in one play, go out two plays. Come in a play, go out for two series. You got to let running backs, whether it's Ronnie, Daryl, you know, I see him try to bring in Malcolm Brown. But they only really want Malcolm Brown for the hard inside runs. 
again, that's predictable. You don't have to worry about Malcolm Brown running a, a slip screen or anything like that. He's only going to run in between the tackles. That's it. So when he comes in, you can just stack the box and you, you're going to have a winning formula. Well, that's so my question, though, Mike. Yeah, go and ahead. That, and this is why I'm going back to Cam Akers. Yeah. Because Cam Akers was a guy, was a guy before his injury who could do all those things. So all of a sudden he and the team's relationship break down and he's off in La La Land while you're you're trying to get all those things done with three different dudes. So are you saying that Cam Akers is no longer that back? Or what, 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 that's no, not you, but when I say you, I'm talking about them. What, Nick, right, are the Rams right. saying, what are you really, what's the message really getting? Because you know what? We've seen in the last few years, the Rams' relationships with players break down more than once. And I think it's a higher than normal league average, quite frankly. Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, and Cam Akers. And I think those players have a lot of fault in that, by the way. But it is a higher than expected average, especially for a team that just won a Super Bowl. Well, and I, I, I think a lot of that comes with the territory when you bring in hotshot guru coach who's supposed to and then no win early and turn it around from the Jeff Fisher years, yada, yada, yada. Then you have this balance of power. Who has the power? You know, is it Mc, Coach McVeigh in relationship with management owner or is it owner and players? And so what happens is, you know, in the early days of John Robinson, he was such a good go-between between management and the players. That would gave him a lot of power to, if a guy like Eric Dickerson, until he called him out, you know, he could go in there and get some things done with management because he just had good rapport. But then you see when a Chuck Knox came, it was kind of like he was more pro-management so it was like players get in line or you're not going to be here. What I see with this situation is, and I'm just going to call it as I see it, they're trying to make the game built around Cooper Cup, period. And so you get a guy like Cam Akers going, well, wait a minute. I can do X, Y, and Z if I'm given the opportunity. Hey, no, Cam, go over there and sit on the sideline and, and don't complain. And then you sit there and you go through whatever the game plan is. But you can look at the Rams and go, they just want to throw the ball and get the ball to Cooper Cup. Period. So when you see those things as a player, you're going, well, I'm never really going to get a chance here. And that's why I think sometimes the breakdown with these players has happened because Coach McVay pretty much figures you're replaceable because of my play calling ability or whatever it is, I can get someone else to do your job. And he's finding out not so easy, my friend. Not so easy. Well, that's the thing, too, is it's you you have to figure this out, though. You're now three and four. And I think from this point forward, looking at the schedule, you go into win now mode you, you're, because at three and four, even with a weaker NFC, and it is a weaker NFC, you can't go to Tampa Bay the next week and lose and then come home and lose to the Cardinals. All of a sudden, you're three and six. You've, you've now lost any kind of tiebreaker, and you haven't played Seattle. You have Seattle twice. And as we talked about before we went on the air, Seattle is better 
than we thought they were going to be. They were supposed to be a five-win team this year. They have five wins now, and they beat up on a one-loss uh, Giants team today. So, I mean, here's your schedule. Tampa, Arizona, New Orleans. New Orleans is struggling. Tampa's struggling. Arizona's struggling. You're going to fix your season right here. This is where you're going to fix your season. And two of those games are on the road. Tampa, Arizona, New Orleans. Those are your next three games. Your season comes down to these three games. If you can't fix it in these next three games, who's next? Right after that, Kansas City and Seattle. Well, Derek, let me let me play devil's advocate. Let me ask you a question. What do you think is a key component to a team? Key component to me is always mm-hmm. the trenches. It's always the trenches. You, the trenches. If you don't have trenches. an offensive line, if you don't have an offensive line to control the pace, if you don't have a pass rush, you, you the whole everything else builds off that. So now, I, you know. That's true. Now, give me something a little bit deeper than just the trenches. What's going to even help the guys in the trenches? Okay. All you have to do is look at. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Go, go ahead. I'm not sure what you're getting at, but let's see if I can play game, play ball here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. If I'm going to break it down the trenches, we know the Rams can throw the football. If, okay. If they get and they and they did fine the first half playing throwing the football today with what. So it comes down to your game plan, okay? What kind of game plan are you putting out there? And two, do you have somebody who can tote the football behind that offensive line, who can make plays, you know, like who can make a play when the offensive line does open a hole for you? Who can make a play when the offensive line doesn't open the hole for you? So if we're talking about what I'm looking at deeper, is your game plan and and your execution of that game plan the players you have involved in it. All those are good, but what I'm okay, getting well, at... Okay, coach, what am I missing? <laughs> Edge team, team chemistry. This team isn't that different from last year's team, personnel-wise. This team is not that different personnel-wise, but remember, we went to the NFC Championship 89, didn't see close to it after that. Why? They start bringing in rookies and just giving them a job. They start letting go of veterans, and then they're trying to make leaders who weren't leaders the leaders. If you look at the Rams' team chemistry, just start looking at some of the stuff that's happening on the field. you got Taylor Rapp, who's been in and out. you got Hendricks, who just, I don't know if this was his first start uh, today, uh, playing, and him and Jalen Ramsey are yelling on the sideline. You had Aaron Donald, hey, man, I'm retiring. Oh, you know what? I'm back. Uh, so when I look at it, you have a running back room that's all in disarray because nobody knows, well, who's this guy? you got receiver corpse that you bring in a guy named Aishon Robinson, and he gets a couple throws here and there. We're going to make it Cooper Not Aishan, Cup. but you're talking about the other Robinson. Uh, Allen Robinson, I'm sorry. Yeah, Allen Robinson the second. So uh, my thing is, when you look at it overall, you look at the team chemistry. Something funny I saw after the game was they showed a head coach from Shanahan after the game. He shook McVay's hand. But then later on, he hugged uh, our defensive coordinator, and they're laughing and chopping it up. And I go... Hmm, interesting. 
oh yeah, they, they worked together before somewhere else. But my thing is, you just got handed your hat, but you're laughing and then chopping it up with the other guy on the other team like that's your best buddy. So my thing is the team chemistry, whether it's coaches, players, players and players, players, coaches and players, it this doesn't seem like it's the same at the same level, you know. And so to me, that's what's going to be the thing that's going to not allow this team to probably turn it around because they don't really have, I would say, a true leader. Jalen Ramsey comes in and out. He wants to yell and things, and he makes more mistakes than anybody in the secondary because he's taking chances and doing stuff. So that's kind of my take on it. If they can improve their team chemistry because that body language, you know, guys yelling and screaming, you know, Tyler Higby slamming his hat. No, Higby, don't slam your hat. Catch the ball, man. Don't slam your hat. Catch the ball. Well, I mean, I look at this team and I, I think of the mistakes that we saw. I mean, we saw the big Ernest Jones on the – Ernest Jones making the mistake on the sideline getting the personal foul. We yes. saw um, other mistakes coming from the defense in the, the two biggest drives in the second half for the Niners. The offense, you know, Higby's drop. I – if you're talking about leadership – and I hate to hate to say it, but really, you got to think a guy like Bobby Wagner steps up because I think when Aaron Donald is like he hauling about retirement for much of the off season, you can't tell when that isn't getting people in your teammates' heads, you know. And and Aaron Donald's never been a big talker, anyways. Right. So you need someone like like an Aaron, a Bobby Wagner who's so steady. And maybe he is, but. Here's the thing. When you talk about chemistry and so on and so forth, I mean, I hate to bring this back up again, and, and maybe that's not it, but the coaching revolving door that has taken place in this Rams organization for the duration of McVay's tenure, sooner or later that does catch up with you. You know, the relationships you build with the coach all of a sudden is gone. And maybe next time the next guy comes in, you're, you don't build that relationship. One, because you think he's going to be gone the next year. Or maybe the personalities don't mesh. So sooner or later, that cycle catches up as well at some point. But here's another thing, too, looking at what, you know, the personnel idea of it. The, the, the Rams, by the way, you mentioned Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson was targeted seven times today, made five catches. That was a nice day. Um, you have your number three receiver today was Higby with six targets and two catches. Ryan Rivers, you're out of the backfield four and four. Who's your three? Who's your number three receiver right now? Is there any receiver outside of those two guys, Cup and Robinson, that can plug in the slot and cause problems for a defense? Where was Jefferson today? You know, so. You, we, that was a whole reason you saw the Cooks rumors all week, right? Because they needed a receiver, you know, they're losing out on Beckham and, and so on and so forth. Your roster makeup does catch up to you. So you're talking about chemistry. I'm looking at it, well, chemistry's uh, that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And I'm also looking at personnel and going, 
you know, there's a lot of talent in this roster, but it's not very even, is it? You're running backs all over the place. You have, you have two very good receivers there, but your third receiver, no one's scared, is not scared. No one scares him. Okay. You look at a, a pass rush that's uneven, a linebacking core that isn't tackling well, and you're like you mentioned, there's Bicker in the secondary. What do you say to that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're you're absolutely hitting on all those key points. Again, you got to remember, <clears throat> even though guys are getting paid a lot more, they're still not really guaranteed contracts. So guys are going to always be subject to getting traded right around now, the, the trade deadline. But you, you hear different things by way of your agent, by way of other players. Hey, man, I heard that, uh, man, they are talking about bringing you over here. Like, what, really? So then it causes all this uncertainty. But absolutely, when you have guys that are, especially guys who have been here, and they're talking about bringing them back, well, well what does that mean for the guy who's here? And so, yeah, you put all these things into the mix, and it's a bad, it's some bad ingredients for a good cake. Yeah. And and I just, at this point, you wonder. Well, the question is going to be: Will the Rams make any moves? Will they make any moves? I don't. At this point. I hate to say it, but I don't think they should. I don't think they should. I don't. I think you've traded away draft pick after draft pick after draft pick, and you brought on contract after contract after contract, and sooner or later, this stuff catches up to you. I think we're seeing a little bit of that catching up now. When when your uneven roster. Is is struggling now again. This is the Niners. The, the Niners are have been built to beat the Rams now for a couple of years. That's why they're losing to the Rams. I get it, but let's the Rams fell apart in that second half. The Rams had a good first half. They beat themselves as much as the Niners beat them in that second half. Oh, there's 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 no doubt. There's no there's no doubt about it. The idea that, uh, you know, the inconsistency, I, I love what you're saying in regards to just the team chemistry, even on a coaching staff or the consistency revolving door. Uh, but when you just take a look at the staff, I mean, you have a younger staff, you know, uh, defensive back coach, two years experience. You got Lance Schultz that was a former uh DB played some years with the Niners, one-year experience. You got Chris Shula now in here, seven years experience. You got some guys that have no years as far as, I guess, NFL, six years, eight years. You know, you don't have guys that are, you know, a consistently 10, 12, 13. You know, obviously you got Raheem Morris and their special teams coordinator, Joe D. Camelis, and then obviously – uh, you know, Sean McVay has been around for some years, but it takes time to gel, it takes time to 
you know, you're, you're looking at a situation in the game. It was like a third and short. Ron Rivers was on the field. They wanted to get uh, Malcolm Brown in the game, and you can see McVeigh yelling like, and he's on the sideline. Then they just pulling back like, man, it's too late. We end up picking up the first down. But all those kind of things go to your point of how well are even the coaches getting together, knowing each other and things like that and timing and, and making sure guys are in and out and all that good stuff. So that's what I'm saying. There, there seems to be more to fix. And again, when you're losing, the spotlight goes on. When you're winning, you can say, hey, man, we got to work on some things, but, you know, we won and you kind of keep going. But when you start losing, that stuff gets magnified. They lost. They, <laughs> it was a bad loss. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the way you lose a game matters. Absolutely. And what I saw was a team that won the first half, came out in the second half, and acted like they didn't belong there. And right. caved. Like, this is a team last year when things were kind of falling apart mid-year for the Rams, the one thing we questioned was their makeup, their toughness, and then they came back and proved everybody wrong. And they really did. I mean, they, they won a Super Bowl. They showed toughness the rest of the year. And now, one bad drive, one drive where the Niners physically imposed themselves on and, and at some point, when do you adjust to that? The, the Niners aren't doing anything different. I, the radio call, by the way, for the game was really, really fascinating, talking about how the Rams were basically allowing the Niners, allowing Garoppolo to throw to his strengths. Like, not throw, he, he's in between the stripes. It's where he likes to go. So the Rams didn't put anybody in there and disrupt that. So he just went there all day. And they know this. The, the league knows this. He did nothing to disrupt it. Why is why do the Rams? Why does he play so well against the Rams? Well, part of the reason he plays so well against the Rams is the Rams are letting him do what he wants. And it made. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, they do this every time out, step by step by step. They wear down the Rams' defense. All this nickel and dime, eight nine yard, five six yard, really stuff. And then they hit the big plays late when the Rams are worn out. What do you think happened today? Why are you – you can't play 15 yards off the ball. I know Raheem Morris likes to play 15 yards off the ball. Seems like. You can't do that against a team like the Niners. Yet, here we go again. We keep doing the same thing. Keep doing the same thing. And well, you can do it if you're you're in a sense baiting them, but you got to be able to come up and make the tackle. So that's what happens with us as well. We've been missing still. Here we are midway through the season. We're missing a bunch too many tackles. Or in my my opinion, not just playing hard throughout the play. You know, because if it comes down to it's like McCaffrey makes that last run at the end of the game. And he bounces in and then he is able to bounce and get the corner. Well, man, that's effort. Man, you're not getting the corner, McCaffrey. And then he gets hit at the goal line, which, you know, I was appreciative to that guy coming across. I'm like, no, you're not getting in. But the thing is, you got to get everybody playing like that. You can't be standing around here watching, 
the game go, oh, that's not really my play. I saw a couple times we had uh, our linebacker coming in on a blitz. When you coming in on a blitz, you have to make them stop you. He would come in and he's waiting for the tight end coming back across to, to block him out as opposed to, no, you're going so hard, you're going to run right through whoever's going to try to block you, and I'm putting you back in the running back, the quarterback's lap. I don't sit here and go, oh, I'm going to just hunker down and let you hit me. No. So those are kind of things when you're talking about the physicality of the game and it sound like what they were noticing on the radio broadcast. Yeah, man, you have to set the tone and it's not after the play, throw a guy out of bounds when he's already five yards out of bounds. That's just getting you a penalty. So instead of having a good play, now we're starting back on the 20. Like, really? First down? Oh, but now we got to go back because I want to shove a guy after the play. What's yeah. the point? And, and, you know, we can go down the roster. There's a lot. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. There's a ton yeah. of ro- injuries in the roster. But yeah. That wasn't why they lost today. I mean, that was not – you know, and, and do, I think they do miss guys. I think they miss Jordan Fuller. I think they, absolutely. You know, I think they definitely miss some of these guys. We talk about this, the secondary, all the arguing in the secondary. Well, Jordan Fuller is versatile enough to make a lot of plays for you back there, and he's been yes. out again. Yeah, again. You know, so it, it, you miss guys like that definitely, but you still have players. You still have players, and yet here we are again. I, well, I Derek, it's interesting. You said that, uh, like Justin Jefferson, and I almost forgot he was playing. Van he Jefferson. started out. I mean, Van Jefferson. Uh, man, I need to go eat some ginkgo before I come on to next time. Mm-hmm. But Van, uh-huh. Van, exactly. But Van Jefferson. But I'm like, did he even get a target? I don't. I don't oh. remember seeing him after like the first series so. or so. I think. I think. I think they were going to him on one play and Stafford got hit before he could even make the throw. Or was Forsyth, I think. So I don't remember the exact play, but I remember that. And, you know, I just I just look at another, another thing we need to address, and, and it's kind of hard to criticize a Super Bowl coach, Super Bowl winning coach, because Sean McVay has changed the culture of this team. You know, five years ago we have a podcast like this, the Rams lose 14 in the Niners. Like, yeah, okay. Now you expect them to win, right? Now you expect the Rams to actually compete, and, and and it's all because of the culture that Sean McVay has brought to this team. So I, I we have criticized in the past, like, but you, he should not get away unscathed here because his game plan in the second half sucked. Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't, this operation here, and you got to have the game, and you got to get your guys together and refocus them when. Things aren't going right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what what the game plan second half was because what it looked like to me, DC, after the Niners took the lead, it's like we threw it. We threw the towel in. That that's what it looked like to me, and I'm going, okay. Why why are we like giving up? We're like three points down. That, that's nothing. And then it was three and out. Then it was. Then it just was a route after that. It's well, like, what? I, I didn't see his throwing the towel in. I just thought, I, I saw it as you he went to some kind of safety zone. Like, this is how we've always done it. Like, hold on. You had a game plan in the first half that was winning, and they never really stopped it. 
They never really stopped it. Okay, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna be forced upon once in a while, but they never really actually stopped what you were doing. You stopped what you were doing. You made the decision to abandon the the outside runs. You made the decision to abandon the screenplays. You went back to this. One-dimensional style the Niners have feasted on for years. That's what they did. Offensively, they did that. I don't know if that's giving up, but you got ultra-conservative. And I and I know there was a lot of criticism on the Rams for not going for it at the end of the first half, not trying to move down the field. I, I don't know if I disagree or agree with that, but – because if they come out in the second half and they stop the Niners in the first drive, then hey, you've 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 done your job. It's still 14-10, you you're controlling the game. The Rams did do that. So I'm not sure all the criticism there. My criticism of his calling is why did you back away from a game plan that was working? And why were you unable to adjust when the Niners made their place to start in that third quarter. This is why I'm saying this, DC. Let's let the numbers talk to us. Come out the second half. 49ers, four plays, 22 yards, punt. The Rams, eight plays, 32 yards, punt, four minutes. The next series was the 11 play, 88 yards, eat up almost seven minutes, San Francisco takes the lead 17-14. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next series, three plays, minus six yards, a minute 30 second possession punt. Next series, Niners, six plays, touchdown. Next play series, the Rams, six plays, three yards, punt. The but, next yeah, series look at the actual plays. Go back but and that's, look the but, but that's what I'm saying. The thing is, what are you doing when you, again, look at the plays? If you look at the plays, Stafford, incomplete pass in the middle. Stafford, pass to Allen Robinson down for a six-yard game. 15-yard penalty. That was the whole taunting thing. The next play, Stafford, incomplete pass to tight end Higby. That's the one he could have still been running for for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford passed to Daryl Henderson to the right. We're, we're, we're passing to Daryl Henderson, really? And that was just, I'm throwing it like a luck pass in the middle of the field. Next play, incomplete. And then we punt. So my thing is, that's a half, that's a, a pass happy situation. And so. That's what I'm saying. The Rams are just too predictable, in my opinion, by personnel groupings. When you see certain people come in, you can you you can close your eyes and tell what the play is going to be. So, to me, to your point, I'm actually making your point more valid. Is Sean McVay is going to just do what he wants to do without making any changes? That's what it is. He gets stuck in what I'm I'm calling pass plays. These pass plays work. Let me do this. Let me do that without really looking at the game and going, all right, man, they're trying to get physical with us. Let's go O-line. We're about to run it down their throat. For yeah, maybe, three. maybe the belief is that O-line can't do it. Well, all O-line, will, all O-line will tell you we, we can run block probably better than we can pass block. 
And so I'm saying they're going back, sitting back to pass block, and guys are just beating them on just single-handed rust. They were doing an old-school twist, but you a twist is usually two guys that are close. They were putting Fred Warner over the center and twisting him all the way outside the end, and he was getting home on that. Come on. That, that stuff is not supposed to work. So my thing is you got to get your quarterback situation in your offense where you are getting the ball out quicker so your quarterback's not taking all these hits. And the reason why I say they quit, D.C., is because when you go to these type of plays and then at the end of the game when it's two minutes, are you going to win? No. But you see other teams, they try to go down the field. We put Malcolm Brown in and run the ball into the line, and then we take a knee at the end of the game. You threw in the towel. You quit. I mean, I think they I – mean, well – I, in some ways, I wish they would have quit earlier because Cooper Cup got hurt. You know, if you're going to quit, really quit, pull your player out because you, <laughs> you got hurt. Now we're waiting to see how he is. Yeah, I did see he took that. Yeah, I don't oh, know. Man, oh, my gosh. Did the air go out of the place, man? Yeah. Like, is he okay? Yeah. That's the question we got to find out now. You know, yeah. is he okay? Because if he tore that ACL again. Oh, no, I don't. Well, he was standing kind of moving his leg up and down on the sideline, so I wasn't even thinking about that. I mean, we got, I mean we got, if, we're gonna, if we're calling the, the garbage out, there is no – and I think Sean McVay, I'm reading the notes here, Sean McVay admitted as well. Um, it's an ankle injury. He's kicking himself for cut being in the game. Yes, dude, you've been the head coach of this team for five years. Don't just kick yourself for it. Dude, you're wrong, man. You're wrong. You should have had Stafford out again at that point too. I love in the, the radio. He, I, I, I gotta give JB Long credit by the way. The Rams radio team, DeMarco Farr and JB Long, they are good. Yeah, yeah, they are good. Shout and out to were, them. They were right, by the way, um, in their call. You know, at this point, you, you, you've lost this game. You got winnable games ahead of you, and they do. Okay. Um, Live the fight another day. Get these guys out of there. Don't risk injuries. And sure enough, what happens to Cooper Cup? There's no excuse for that. Well, um, it was crazy because then they just start trying to kind of feature him down at the end. To your point, yeah, like what's that going to do at the end? Not much. Yeah, so now you're just putting him in a situation where he, he could get, you know, banged up for not a whole lot of reason. Yeah. Interesting. So, let me ask you this, DC. We've talked about this O-line all year, and and I get it. Injuries are going to be happening. It's part of the game, but it just seems like overall – well, let me ask your opinion. Do you think this is an NFL pro-line? No. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? (laughs) It could be. Listen, they did a good job of protecting Stafford for much of this game. And when when did they have a hard time? 
when it's third and long, right, right, and they're going to rush five and a blitzer. Okay, uh, that's hard to defend. That's play calling at that point. Like you're in third and long. How? Why are you in third and long? So there's potential there. Here's my concern, and, and about that offensive line, because it's clear their pass protection has gotten better. And Brian Allen did make a difference, by the way, in being back. Brian Allen takes a lot of crap, but he he made a difference today. He did. There's no push in the running game. And that's been a problem now for two years. Not one, two years. Go back to last year. There is no push from an offensive line up front. And it's hard to ignore the fact that right now, they have no first-round draft picks on that offensive line. And that's even if the starters are in, by the way. You have three starters out. You have no, I mean, I'm not even sure. I don't think there's any, even any second-round picks right now on the line. Like, this is a team that's built itself off of offensive linemen that are middling draft picks or worse. And that's when all the starters are in. So... You have to develop these guys and develop these guys and develop these guys. And my big question is this. You just said run block. Any offensive lineman will tell you that they can run block better than they can pass block. You know, a lot of that is just being a mean dude, a dude who can grind and push. Okay, you can put any dude in the weight room who's a football player and get them to that point, in my view, if they're a true blue football player. So why isn't that happening for the Rams? I go back to your point of, you know, change. And I don't know if uh, how much the O-line I'd have to look. Sorry about that. Uh, your training. <laughs> I know it sounded like that, right? The uh, I don't know why the cohesiveness of the overall line. Obviously, a lot of guys. But it also goes to show that a guy named Big Wit, who was here, was a key component of just leadership. So, obviously, we're missing that tremendously. So, my question now, DC, is we're four and six, coming off a bye, didn't play well at all the second half. Nine games to go. I think both of our three and four. Well, three and four. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, But. Yeah, I don't know. I was looking at the preseason, but three and four, uh, nine games to go. Our early season predictions are almost out the window. Out the window. So, if we could just real quick, what would you say? We go through this real quick, and and you tell me. You tell me if we're winning or losing. All right. So we got Tampa Bay there. They're a better matchup for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's in the same desperate situation. Um, how about this? I, I, I'm not ready to make a call in that game. I'll say this. I think the Rams win two okay. out of the next three. So you think they can beat Arizona and the Saints? Or I think they, say again, the I think they win I out to. I think they win two out of three. So I think they'll two, be five and five after ten games. Regardless, okay. So let's 
going down to Kansas City would be after that. Okay, at Kansas City. At Kansas Late City, November. That's a loss. Uh, Seattle at home. <laughs> <laughs> the way Seattle's playing right now, how do you say anything else? Like, right, throw the right. records out the window now of the past because they're not the same team now. Right, um, right. But how about this? I'll say they split with Seattle. So okay, okay. So six and seven. Um, sorry, what? Five and five. Five and six. Six and seven because they're going to split the they'll split them. So you have Las Vegas. I'll call that a win. Okay. Seven and seven. Okay. You have Green Bay in Green Bay. Green Bay's having issues right now, but it's in Green Bay in December. Right. So I'm, I'm going. I'm going Green Bay all day just because weather. Okay, so seven and eight. Denver at home and they're in the same train wreck mode. I'm going to take us. Okay. Eight and eight. So your winning season comes down to the Chargers. Right. Um, Which again is another McBay coach who seems to have his number. Well, they haven't played the Chargers in the regular season yet. Yeah, but seems to have his number. I'm just calling it now. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna say I, I say nine and eight. I. So you think nine and eight gets us in the playoffs? <laughs> I mean, let's look at the stands right now. Stands right now for the for the NFC. Um, for playoffs right now. If I'm looking at it. Well, the Niners are in there at four and four. Atlanta's leading the division at four. No, I mean, unless the Niners struggle down down the pipe, the Niners have a tiebreaker. So Washington's four and four. The Niners are four and four. So you you need someone to collapse, a Giants to collapse, or you need a Giants or a Niners to collapse. I don't see that. And this is definitely putting a cart before the horse. And again, no one ever talks about wanting someone to lose their job. If for some reason the Rams don't make the playoffs, do you think Coach McVay's on the hot seat? No, I think he leaves on his own. I think if the Rams don't make the playoffs this year, I think we're going to see changes there that aren't of less needs choosing. I think that you're going to see a guy like like a um, – like an Aaron Donald go one of two ways. He'll be like, listen, I want to retire last year anyways. So, you know what? I'm out. Or he's going to be like, listen, I don't want my career to end like this. I'm coming back one more year. And I don't know which way he'll go. You get what I'm saying? And then McVay will probably be the same way. But McVay right now can leave and get a job making millions for a much easier position. He just signed an extension. I don't think that matters. If you want to leave, you're going to leave. Right. You know, oh, by the way, the Rams have the have the second worst point differential in the NFC. The only worse, Detroit. So we're talking about a team that, um, geez, my gosh, how about this? The Rams have the third worst point differential in the league right now. How about we just worry about getting to five hundred before we talk about playoffs? Right, right. Third worst point differential in the league right now. They were up on the Dolphins too and ended up losing. So, yeah. I mean, 
The Rams have a worse point differential than Houston does. Houston. The Rams have a worse point differential than Carolina and Chicago. Man. And Arizona. And Cleveland. And Las Vegas. I can keep going here. Like, this this is not good. And it's a little sobering to think about it. Is there hope? Yeah. There's just too much talent on, on the team, Mike, that to think that they can't turn around. There's too much talent. This isn't a team like Houston doesn't have a whole lot of talent. The Rams have talent. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I say there's a team chemistry problem mm-hmm. because they have enough players. It doesn't matter how we slice it up. We got enough on the offensive side at the skill positions. We got enough on the defensive side in the trenches and skill and quality and leadership and all those things. It's just like the one play towards the end, you can see Jalen Ramsey going, hey, alert, here's tight end. He's about to come inside. And for whatever reason, Taylor Rapp on the other side is running up like he's going to, you know, line up for a run before the snap doesn't even kind of look. And they do the little, it wasn't even a play action. And Kittle sneaks and he's wide open. And so, again, those kind of things are, I don't know if you're just not paying attention or, again, guys just aren't, you know, mixing and gelling together. I mean, there's a lot they're not doing, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, it's time for us to go. I think we, I think we beat this horse pretty well. We beat it it's hard. It beat yeah. it hard. Yeah. I, I, I wish it was a perkier podcast. I, I hope we, we got into some good stuff for you, though, and get you thinking about what's going on with this team. Lots of questions to be asked, and we'll find out more. We'll be back this week. Uh, definitely more this week than normal <laughs> as we head through Tampa Bay. We'll have J.C. Allen from the Pewter Report on to preview the Bucks. In the meantime, have a great one. We're out of here. We're out. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com